Talk about the wine now, the wine that we use for the four cups. Now, Kiddush on a normal Yom Tov Shabbos, the regular Shabbos and Yom Tov, there's one person makes Kiddush, right? And everybody else maybe takes a little sip, but you don't have to drink your own cup. But the obligation for the night of the Seder is for each person to have four cups of wine. That's basically the obligation. Now, the uh, situation is uh, that today they have various different wines which allow with lesser alcohol and of course we have grape juice which is easy. But if you are able to, one should actually drink wine. A matter of fact, red wine is usually the preferable one wine that is red is considered to be a more important wine for that although sometimes the white wine they have it uh, uh, better kind or things like that but for the Seder uh, best is to have red wine and what? one's from red grapes and one's from white grapes yeah yes that's true but a red wine, there's a, the verse which talks about wine that is red. Oh, okay. So it sort of almost says wine red. Not only that, um, um, you know, we find in the Pesukim, red, red wine is the most, is the preferable one. Now, if you cannot tolerate the full wine, then you can mix in uh, a little you know, grape juice, I guess, into it. And uh, natural, we were talking about drinking all natural grape juice. If you have no choice, if you can't take it, then you can drink that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Now, the there's one thing about drinking, and then there's another thing. The cup needs to be filled, right? It needs to be a, a whole cup, not a broken cup. It needs to be a whole cup. It must hold at least a revise, which is, I don't know, what is it, uh, in, in ounces, uh, the, um, the translation of it, they, they have it here, they talk about, first of all, wine for people that can't, uh, diabetic people that can't use uh, sugar, so they said the Cabernet Sauvignon, that's a Carmel wine that they have, doesn't have any sugar at all, um, and other dry wines. I mean, we're talking about actually, these are um, these are actually natural sugars. I mean, not not added sugars, but this comes from the what? Oh, they, you mean for a diabetic? Yeah, uh, or you know, some people that can. It says that um, so a dry white wine, red wine would still be a red some, wine. Some they say uh, they have like maybe four percent or more. Well, there's still some sugar. There's some sugar in it, yeah. so that that's a kind. It's still um, red though. It says it has to be sweet, uh, does it? Um, you have to do what's best for your health, too. Yeah. Now, the, um, they, 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 uh, the grape juice goes through a pasteurization, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Goes through a pasteurization. And, uh, to kill the bacteria. Yeah. yeah. The, um, so what makes... Oh, sorry, so let's back up a second. So the grape juice... Is closer, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes not, 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 not in the, the beginning... Um, you have also the um, 
the um, your, uh, grape juice you can, but not it's not not the preferable. But in order for grape juice to be kosher, it's also the same process as making wine. Yeah. In other words, the person yeah. has to observe it and be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep. not with apple juice, and that doesn't have to take the same. Actually, juice. no. Actually, with grape juice, it doesn't apply because um, one of the one of the issues is that non-Jews. May want to use yacht wine as a libation for their idol worship or something okay. like that, but grape juice is not something that they would use. It's not really what they would use. There's also something uh, about wine uh, that has been boiled. Uh, that is another thing. Wine that is boiled uh, is also not used as a libation by them. So therefore. Many of the wines that we have um, is 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 uh, is mevushal. That's right. that's that's boiled. Uh, it says over here. Um, uh, it says here that sometimes the Rebbe would actually use wine which is not red uh, if uh, it was a better wine. And the, so. Even for Pesach, it says. Oh, so he, Even for Pesach. So he took for quality wine. For quality was the was I guess the overriding factor. Um, to um, there is a old debate that it needs to be at least th- a third must be pure wine. You know, you can add water later, dilute it, or oh, okay. but one so third, a third of the whatever that yeah. amount is is just supposed to drink. Now the thing is that. And nowadays, um, you know, there is some, um, I guess, additives already. So the way they make it, um, and you know, the the, the question is about uh, about this pasteurization that takes place. Now they 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 it's I guess they grape juice. but I think they they may pasteurize the wine also or the well, ones that they sell. They're pasteurizing it. Well, the pasteurization is, pasteurization I guess, the boiling. It's not, not boiling. Not fully boiling it, no, yeah. No, pasteurization is like 150 or 160. Yeah. The boiling is 212. That's right. So, so the bushel is boiled. Some, that's right. But some some rely on this pasteurization good as good enough in order to achieve that. So do they connect it okay? accordingly on the bottle? Then? Um, it brings down over here the Rebbe... The Rebbe suggested that you know a person who is sick can use grape juice, like if they can't drink any mm-hmm. any wine. But it says that the Rebbe didn't feel well at one point, you know, and he, they needed to make kiddush, and the Rebbe went into the sukkah to make kiddush, and the doctor suggested that he use grape juice, and the Rebbe said, "No, that kiddush you make on wine." He doesn't. He didn't. The Rebbe refused to make kiddush on on grape juice. But this is um, this is all the. Um, um, you know, I guess to be more stringent, but the, you, you we're talking about just, just the just the the law itself that would be okay. Um, now we're talking about um, um, the people should to drink. Actually, as we asked by by uh, people drinking, um, you should drink the whole cup if possible, or else the majority. What was the term? It's a cup. Whatever you fill up, you should use that full cup. cup. Okay. You're better off having a smaller cup. I mean, that contains a revise, right. and then drink the whole thing rather than to have a large cup and not drink it. Right. Now, if you can't drink the full cup, majority of the cup, if you can't even drink that, you need to drink at least a revise. Right. 
and um, there is commonly to use a a silver cup. You know, if you can use a silver cup, uh, I guess the honor. Um, there is uh, something about by Hasidim that they don't use a cup that has a stem. Uh, the um, not just use a flat cup. Um, so um, the um, he um, he explains it according to the Kabbalah, and one of the, one of the try 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 to uh, explain it that in the Zohar he says that the um, the cup together with the five fingers you know, represents. Um, um, now, nah, but if you're holding it with the thing, you're not actually holding the cup. You're holding the stem. Mm-hmm. I want you to actually hold. So you know, what you're saying is every time you, re- you should be no interruption between the hand and the cup so drink, with the stem. So you drink the four cups. You hold the cup in your hand. Yeah, yeah, but but this way, so that's why they don't hold them. Uh, uh, yeah, it's the same way. We have with us, even the one we use for the big one, the stem. And how about Eliyahu's cup? No, uh, yeah. Now the thing is, the thing is like, oh, Eliyahu's cup is, is 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 a little bit easier. But the bottom line, by the Rebbe's, they didn't use. I guess the stems are are mainly not uh, are not silver cups. They don't make the silver cups with stems. I don't yeah, think that. Oh, they, they do make them. Well, it's not a stem. It, it like comes with a cup. Okay, yeah. But uh, um, okay, but. He says that they didn't use it. The, the Rebbe's didn't use it. It wasn't commonly used. Some people say that it wasn't used because it wasn't common. But you could use it. Uh, yeah. Actually, they have a they have a cup which they have by tradition that is from the Maggid of Mezrich, and he says that it has a stem. So, um, and um, so whatever. That's another issue. But Lepoil Mamish, some we don't use with a with a stem. We use with a uh, flat cup. Now the uh, salt water that we're going to use, one should prepare uh, from the daytime before Yontem. You know, the best to prepare from beforehand. And um, the um, lighting of the of the Yontem candles, um, it's best to like every Shabbos. You know, on Yontem you're allowed to light on on, on Yontem itself. But the proper thing to do would be to light it before the Shakia, before the sunset. So you light, so you sort of greet the um, the Shabbos in a in a proper way, the Yontem in a proper way, so that you start it off right. And um, and then, but what happens is, and you say Ladlik Ner Shal and then you say Shechi for the Yontem. And if, um, for whatever reason, if you didn't light it before, and then you write it before Kiddush. And, uh, uh, of course, you know, on Shah Yontav, we don't light, we don't strike a match in Yontav, we don't create fire. So you would take the fire from already a lit and from so, something. Uh, in Yontav, you can raise and lower, or just one way with the flame? That's a debate. Uh, some people say you can only raise because that you're cooking it. Uh, other people argue that even lowering it is necessary for the cooking because then the food would burn. So that's a debate. We, what we do is we only raise it. We don't lower it. But I'm just saying this is something which is, which is debated. Um, now, by Mincha, we also we do the special uh, before the Shkia because um, the... Um, 
the time when the Korban Pesach could be brought before Shkia, we do the Seder Korban Pesach. That's in the Siddur, it tells you, you read the order of how the Pesach was sacrificed. Uh, we don't have the ability to do the Korban Pesach today, but at least we should uh, say the words as, and our words are instead of the actual sacrifices. So on Erev Pesach, which was the time that they brought the Korban Pesach, we read from the order how they did it, how it works, and that sort of takes the place from the actual uh, doing of the uh, Korban Pesach. Question? Yes. At the time we were getting out of Egypt, there was no temple to bring the sacrifice to, so why couldn't we use a, a real shank bone now to symbolize Again, I'm sorry. When they left, when they left the temple, when we left Egypt, right, and we we had the little lamb tied up, for right, 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 sacrificed it, and the blood was used for right, right. So why don't we represent that lamb bone on our? But when we do today the Korban Pesach, that was an that 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 procedure that took place that you're talking about that the Torah describes, that was a one-time thing. Yes. That didn't apply for the generation. That was told to the Jewish people that they should do for that day. They yeah. took it on the tenth, and they had to guard it and inspect it for many defects. And that was had to do. And the Egyptians came asking them. But then the Torah tells us that every year we should bring a korban pesach, and we should have the laws of the korban pesach. That korban is not tied to our beds. It's not brought on the outside. That's brought in the base hamikdash. That's brought. That is shechted in the in the in the azora mm-hmm. and the and the blood is sprinkled on the mizbeach. I mean, they didn't have a mizbeach. You're right. The first time there was no mizbeach. They actually put it on the doorposts right. and they put it. Uh, that was a different so that the uh, angel would pass over. So that was a uh, that was a different type of of uh, korban at that time that they did it. But when we're representing today, we're representing the korban that we were obligated to bring during all the years. We should really be bringing a korban, eating korban Pesach, had we the ability to do so, but we don't have the ability to do so. We're just representing what we would have done. So we're not just trying to commemorate something that took place the first time. We're trying to do our, commemorate our obligation. And our obligation is to bring the actual korban. And because that would be too much like the real thing. We don't, we try to, we want to make a commemoration to what we need to do without having to uh, sort of really do the same thing. Okay, let's go weiter. Now, uh, the night of the Seder, it's best that the family members or uh, the women or the, whoever is home who doesn't go to shul they should take the opportunity while the men are in shul to set the house up, make it ready. So it's very important to be able to get the uh, seder started as soon as possible. Already this year, it's a it's a problem because it's it's very late. It's around eight, eight o'clock. Is really now a lot of people they want to make a seder. It's a tradition, but they don't realize, or they do realize, it's inconvenience for them to do the Seder, they don't want to start eating at 8 o'clock. I mean, they want to eat at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, that's when they eat supper. But especially this year when they already moved the clock, so it's really late, So you and you just sit down to the Seder at 8 o'clock. So it's important, even the people who don't who eat the Seder beforehand, whatever reason is, they're not really doing it in the right time. So 
at least later on, after the time is a minimal, they should take a piece of matzah and eat it in the right time. So at least they have fulfilled the mitzvah of doing the matzah, right? When Amy was in Israel, they read the story while they ate. That's one way. When we when we used to run a public seder, yeah. and we had a lot of people that really are not familiar and can't sit through the whole things, we try to sort of break it up and make it quicker and in, be in a way that people will will enjoy Pesach rather than feel that it's well, a burden was, because they weren't able to understand. Yeah, this was a Chabad-related thing that she went to. That was with, with Kramer was there. Yeah. She went there and she went for Pesach. So maybe that's what they, they did, did in order to make it quicker and not well, to... I don't know. There was a lot of people... But you can't, you can't just... I just want you to know, you can't just take like four cups of wine oh, no, and no, drink no, it no. one after the other. That's not fulfilling the obligation. No, no. So what they you have to do it in the right order. They said they, you know, they ate and read the story... And then for the the end, they went across the street out in the park, and they all sat outside and did the end. Okay, whatever. I'm supposedly that, that I'm, I'm the sure they, they did. did it, but I'm sure they did it according to halacha. Oh, they yeah, tried yeah, to yeah. do the right they way. Just did a little bit differently. They tried to come, but the, but the most important thing is to remember that the time to eat it is after nighttime and right. not during the daytime. And how about for the second night? Same thing goes for the second night because the second night has to be done at, on the, the contrary. Another, another second night it has to be mamish because it's, or else it's still the first day yomtiv. So. I'm saying, but that's important to be careful to make sure. But, you know, there are ways of of doing it. Like, you know, you want to do the Haggadah. And, you know, a lot of the problem comes when you have different uh, audiences and you have some guests, you know, sometimes, you know, want to listen and they want to learn and they want to take their times. Others want to get to the food quicker <laughs> and talk later. So you just got to try to adjust. And, you know, sometimes... You got to give up a little bit of your own uh, desires of wanting to stretch it out long to accommodate, you know, some of the people that need to uh, need to have the mitzvah because it happens way too often that you have people at your table who aren't going to do the mitzvahs unless they are sitting at the table. But if you're going to stretch it out, by the time they'll come to the right. to the thing, they'll all leave, and you know that happens all the time. They don't wait it out, so they only have two cups, so they don't have uh, the rest of the mass. They don't have daffy coma because they don't they can't stay so late. So if you start at eight o'clock, you probably get through till two in the morning. Yeah, again, it depends on. Yeah, you're right. It depends. We 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 like when when we like to tell the guests is that you know get a good nap in the daytime so that you don't you won't be in no rush and uh, you know again a lot of people make this thing fun. I mean, but the point here is uh, we want to make it as soon as possible. Then the other thing is that um, um, you know take out all the nice dishes and uh, Pesach. One of the things is that. You know, we have a separate dishes for Pesach, so, but whatever you have, nice stuff, you know, you keep it, you take it out for Pesach. They even allow you to, in the Shulchan Aruch, to use things that you have, like a collateral, to put them out on the table. You know, uh, like if you have somebody else's, like you gave him a loan, and he gave you to, to use their dishes on the table, just to make it more beautiful. I guess various different things. Um, uh, this is also the very, very unusual thing, is, and it's the only time we do it, is we do halal, at least in the minag, our minag, Chabad, Sfard, as opposed to the Ashkenaz, doesn't do it. We actually say the halal in the davening of Marif, uh, Marif at, at uh, the night of the Seder. And the next night, we do the halal, and we do with the regular laws of the, the halal. 
and um, in the shul, in the shul, and then you do the tiskabel. You do after the tiskabel. So that's done only on that's done only on Pesach. The only time we do it is Pesach night. Otherwise, we don't say halal the night. Both nights of Pesach and the shul, we do the halal. Now, as mentioned before, one of the important parts of the seder is the children. So, in order that the children shouldn't fall asleep, you go ahead and try to do it as quickly as possible. Uh, and uh, of course, though, not before Tzaysakachavim, not before the stars comes out. And some people have a tradition to put on a kittle when they do the, uh, like Yom Kippur, they put on this white overgarment, but uh, not in Chabad. People do it for various reasons, but one of the reasons is because the person is sitting in a, such a. Uh, comfortable and in a way remind them of the day of death you know put the kittle on which is the shrouds which is the maze but it's not our tradition to do that and we also aren't particular which direction exactly we're sitting some people have a particular and then we start to organize the plate you know, that's done by and and you know, by that time, after working a whole other place, people are tired and they're sitting down. But the organizing the Seder, it says that the Rebbe would organize the Seder while he was actually standing. And um, uh, the, um, um, you know, some people will just plop down at their seat when it comes there. But anyways, uh, the uh, way the Rebbe would do it is that when he would place each thing on the table, he would say, what the sitter says, you know, put this on the top, and okay. put this, and after he put all the all things the on the top, right. then he said all the say the kaddish urchats karpas yachats, and uh, and he would say this all you know, in a soft undertone. He wouldn't say it loud. He would say all the things that it says. Well, you do this, you do this, and um, in other words, at each point when the rebbe would come to it. The Rebbe would almost, like, it was like a sitter for him. He didn't just, it wasn't just instruction, he would actually say it. In an undertone, he would say these pieces over there. Um, um, that, that, that's the way they quote here from, from, from the Minhag, from the Rebbe. Uh, you with a yeah. Yes. One second, Jan. Now, so he says like this, um, there should be, uh, it's, um, you place uh, something underneath um, uh, on the, underneath the matzah, and he says here, um, usually uh, people put the uh, a, a plate on top of the uh, of the matzahs, and then they put the stuff on the plate. They put a kaira. Oh, oh, you mean without putting it on the matzah itself? Right. You're talking about, about the seder plate. Yeah, but they have a seder plate, so they have a plate for the seder, which means what? They put the matzahs on the plate, no, or no, no? No, just, the, just, the, just like it showed yesterday on that plate. Uh, that plate, which is on top. Is separate. Yeah. So in Chabad... You put it on top, you said yesterday, yeah. on the matzah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying here. So the whole, um, underneath the matzahs, we put a, a tray or something underneath the matzahs itself. But, um, and we also put like a, a cloth in between the matzahs. Sometimes if you have a, a zekel, which has like a compartments oh, in it. One of those things you open up the silver yeah. things. Or, or that, that's a fancy stuff. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. But, then, but then you have like a regular, like a cover, a matzah cover, yeah. but it has three compartments in oh, it. Yeah, so you yeah, can yeah, slide, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can slide for the Kohen Yisrael Levi. Yeah. Or you can put a, 
napkin in between. But we, we don't, we, we, we put something in between. Right. And, um, and it says in the Alter Rebbe, it says that uh, you put down the Israel on the bottom, and then you put on top, you put the Levi, and on, that, on top of that, you, you put the uh, you put the coin. Uh, is on the top, and then the, then you put the minim on top of him. Uh, now, the 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 different kinds uh, you place on the on a cloth, but not in separate like holders like we we're talking about. And the uh, murder, which is moist, we, we dry them first to make sure that it doesn't soak through through the masses. So we want to want to make sure because like we are very careful with gabrox, very careful not to make it wet. So therefore, you dry them out. And um, now the 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 reason they're they're on the plate as we went through yesterday, we actually. Uh, we actually use them. We use those items. They're actually used. We use those items. You have more of it on the side. Oh, so you have more. But some people just use from the side. They keep this sort of as a as a symbolic. Well, that's the idea but of the says, plate. That's the idea of the, the plate. Of, of the uh, what? Because the plates usually, some of them have like wells in them, so you can put enough that's in right. each one of them. Uh, but over here, actually, the what it says here is that they should... Um, um, Eat it from the place itself, not to just uh, outside, and not to use from the others, but to use from the actual plate. So now you have to add a little bit, as you said, because there's not enough going to be a lot. Now, uh, now <laughs> it says that you know a lot of people. What are you going to do with the egg? The egg rolls around. You try to put the egg down. It rolls around. So what a lot of people do is they crack the egg a little bit, and when they crack the egg, they flatten it. They flatten it. But it says here that the Rebbe. He brings down over here that the Rebbe would not crack the egg at all. Uh, and notwithstanding the fact that it was tough to tough to keep it would roll off. But, but but he says the Rebbe would, would just keep it, not crack it. That's what it says, that's what it brings down over here. Um, now he says the Rebbe would uh, would measure four spoons that were full with crane, with uh, horseradish that was grinded and he would squeeze them out with his hands and he would prepare a uh, he make it into a ball which was almost like the size of an egg and he would then wrap it around in all sides with the leaves of the uh, of the of the roman of the lettuce uh, two or three uh, pieces and besides that, he he placed a ungrinded piece of 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 murder next to it. Uh, he would place this. You know, can you imagine? The, the Rebbe didn't have um, didn't have all of his teeth. Matter of fact, he had very few teeth. And uh, number one, in the Rebbe's speech, you couldn't tell. The Rebbe spoke so clearly, you couldn't tell. That he was that this was a person that has very few teeth, and number one and number two, the Rebbe would eat that piece of murder, that piece without teeth. Can you imagine? And you wouldn't see at the Rebbe's face anything. It was like miraculous. Um, for the uh, for the carpas, uh, for the uh, carpas that you're gonna dip into the uh, we went through that yesterday. That was on the plate. Uh, we take a big piece of an onion.
Uh, he said occasionally the Rebbe would even take a whole onion with its peel. Mm. The Rebbe would take like the whole onion. And the Rebbe would only eat part of it. Uh, the Rebbe would take, he says, with a, with a, with a knife from the inside. Now, these the people used to follow the Rebbe's, uh, the Rebbe exa- what, exactly what the Rebbe did. Uh, and then, uh, that the, uh, we will give anybody who's already bar mitzvah, we make sure that they get a plate of their own. So they, every bar mitzvah, starting from bar mitzvah. Now, uh, the Rebbe Maharash would distribute from his karpas in the mortar uh, to, to the women uh, from his plate, uh, also to family members that were there, but not, he says, not the matzah. I guess the matzah, they would not, they would have to take, I mean, where do they get? The women, he would give them part of what he has on the plate. I guess you have to add, if you have a lot of family members, you'd have to add later on outside. Uh, let's finish over here, just the Seder plate here. Um, now he says that both boys and girls, young, you have to educate them according to their level um, and each one should you know, have its own, his own cups uh, if they can drink a revise and uh, and then as far as leaning goes he says that you wait till their um, till the bar mitzvah you don't do that uh, uh, there's various opinions about that also, but uh, whether leaning is mostly done after bar mitzvah, uh, and um, the other thing is uh, that they used to prepare um, they used to prepare a broken plate so that they would uh, drip in it. Um, um, what they would do, this is talking about because later on, when they would, um, I guess, um, that they would, um, um, when it comes to the makas, uh, after the, you do the makas, we don't use the finger, we use the cup, we pour over the cup, we don't use we the finger, use the but then you also use the cup. I thought you come from Chabad tradition somewhere. Yeah, you come my from my wife with the finger. Yeah, well, I my wife's family. Yeah, but everybody finger. does the finger. But he, we're having some strong suspicion <laughs> that his ancestors come from Chabad because a lot of his traditions match up with the Chabad traditions. My grandfather yeah. was the only time he never wore a tie. Was on pesa on the table. My grandfather always got dressed up. I mean, he never had a job. He was he was a, he was a presser. But when he went out, it was always a suit and a tie. When he came home, we used to go. Uh, and I don't think he's Chabad anymore. Oh. <laughs> okay. He used to come home and take the tie off, uh-huh. unbutton the top button, and put a pillow, and he would okay. sit and oh, he no. would start to read the whole thing. Because I used to, I was the only boy. My all cousins were girls, uh-huh. so I would sit on the side, and he would start. And then this one would start a conversation, and this one would start a conversation, and he would stop reading, and he'd start coming with the conversation, and then somebody would yell, come on, let's go, and he used to start, so the Seder that was supposed to take an hour wound up taking two hours. And then, so that was, that was, interesting. Thing, you know. So what, what, what you're going to do is, later on, um, he, he says that, um, we, we, some do it is when, when they pour it out, 
they pour it out in the regular plate, and then they take it into a uh, broken plate. But some do actually, they pour it out directly into a broken plate. So you need a broken plate next to you. And um, um, some others, you know, others say that you don't need a broken plate. He brings down here. He says just uh, something that is not usable. I mean, the makas are going to be there, the plagues, and you don't want a regular good cop to have the plague. So that's why you want it in the the, the makas be somewhere else. Okay? Um, and um, he says that the um, the uh, the Rebbe's cup was always by him the whole time, um, which is a large silver cup that was always to the right of his plate. And then you say the Askinus Sudos of Yomtev the Kiddush. Um, so when you fill up a, a cup of blessing. Uh, it's always our tradition to spill it over a little bit. Uh, so that means to the blessing, uh, like by Havdalah. You know, by Havdalah, everybody does it. You know, you see, overflow. My cup overflowed. So you want to make a demonstrate overflow. So you make a little bit over. So that's why it's so it spills over. A little bit over. And also on the night of the Seder, to have it go over. The blessing should go over. Um, and. Um, in some places, the tradition is you have other people pour for you. Right. And, but in Chabad, we don't have the tradition. You pour for yourself. Uh, I always said, I, you know, when you have somebody else pour for you, I mean, you may feel like a king, but what does the other one feel like? <laughs> like a servant. Yeah, so, all right, okay. But we don't want, no, but anyways, I'm saying in the Shulchan Aruch, it's brought down, but the, the uh, it's tradition, but in our tradition, we don't do so. And we do... Kiddush while we're standing, and those who hear Kiddush, uh, also the same thing. And you know they're making the Kiddush. Everybody should say along, uh, along softly together with the point of saying Kiddush. And um, the way we pour the cup is so. Yeah, go ahead. You want to say something? Yeah. So on Pesach you stand to do Kiddush, right? But on Shabbos you sit. Only by daytime we sit, and at nighttime we stand. By the nighttime we stand. Now here is like this. The way we, we pour the cup is like this. You take it in your right hand. You take the cup in your right hand. You pick it up on your right hand. You give it to, pass it to your left hand. And then you sort of put it down from the top to the bottom onto the palm of your hand. As it is like, uh, with, with, it's like a receptacle with the fingers uh, and uh, around it and the thumb lying on the side and you make the kiddush while standing and the cup should be from the table three tvachim from the table and when you place the cup in your right hand uh, it's only about a tefach when you pay it on hand then you raise it to three tvachim from the table when you're making the kiddush yeah and no, this, with the stand, I don't know, from the bottom of it. Yeah, and not. every time when you take the cup during the Seder to drink, you do it the same way. Take it in your right hand, pass it to your left hand, bring it down here, it you raise it, you make the bracha, and then you so drink. You lift it up, put it in this hand, and then yeah. bring it down. Yeah. Interesting. When you yeah. make the Kiddush, you take a look at the candles that are lit before you. We saw before we said that at least the lights, Shabbos lights, Shabbos candles should be there at least by Kiddush. And a person should look at them uh, when 
when he makes Kiddush, when he starts off Kiddush, he looks at them. Uh, and then he says that, um, that, and that is even when it's not on Shabbos. You just, you know, so in other words, just for Yontav itself, you look at them. And when you make the bracha of Borpriya Gofen in the Kiddush, you look at the cup. You look at your cup. Because that's the Kiddush that you're making. Um, now women and girls who had lit the candles, and they already said a Shechiyonu uh, when they lit the... Uh, even if they make their own Kiddush, yeah. don't make it again. You don't say it again. Yeah, only it once. once. Only yeah. once. You made it already once, you don't say it again. Any, each one of the four cups of the Seder... You drink the whole thing and all at once, no breaks. You just drink his. That's the that's the best way to do it. Drinking uh, whiskey. Uh, so he says uh, there is no singing during the uh, during the seder. Uh, so when it's necessary to like a little delay, you do the Haggad, songs of the Haggadah, not just regular Negunim, Mitzrayim, Galtonu, I mean, I guess this is also probably done just not to, to, to keep on moving up, you know, not to, uh, just to keep on moving in the Seder. No, yeah, okay. And, okay, now we're going to Urchatz. So now we're washing our hands before we're going to dip. And we're going to be finished just one minute here. Let's do the Yachatz of Karpas, and then we'll go, we'll leave by Yachatz. We'll do it for tomorrow, Mitzvah So, Rechatz, it says that the Rebbe would read uh, before he washed his hands, both Rechatz and Karpas, uh, that um, we, the reason we wash our hands now is because we're going to eat something dipped in, 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 in water. And we're going to use the, the onion or the potato, whatever you use, but we have an onion that we use, and we're going to put that into the uh, salt water, and that requires washing of the hands. But the Rebbe would read the Karpas and the uh, the Rechatz and Karpas, what the instructions. And we said the Rebbe used to say it low, used to read them together before washing the hands. Um, and you want to eat a very a small piece, and you want to dip it in, and then you want to make the bracha. And uh, because you you don't want to make interruption between eating and then going to start dipping it, so you dip it in, and then you make the bracha bore pri ha and you have in mind that this is going to fulfill the obligation of the moror and the korach, as we spoke at length yesterday. And our tradition is that we don't eat it while leaning. The karpas is not eat, eaten while leaning, and later on, once you're done. Um, you don't put back. So now, once at that point, once you've done that, that's taken off the plate, and it's no longer on the plate. So even if you have leftover, or even if you don't have leftover, you'll just remove it. You take it off from the plate. And the way the Rebbe used to do it, the Rebbe used to dip three times. You know, like just like in the salt, the Rebbe dips three times. He used to dip it three times in the salt water. And we, we, we spoke about yesterday why we have a hadama and why we have, uh, we have in mind and why we eat less than the shear. We explained all the things yesterday. I'm not going to go through it right now. But uh, as we learn in the beginning of the Rebbe's Agod, the Rebbe says even though there's a lot of things that seem to be trivial and not as important, but we need to know that all the laws and all the rules are precise and they have good reasons for them and one should try to fulfill them to the best of his ability. Yeah.